1: Welcome to the Narcissist Apocalypse Podcast, a show that gives a voice to narcissistic abuse survivors. I am Brandon Chadwick, but my friends call me Chad, and thank you for showing up this episode. So what is a narcissist, you may ask? Generally speaking, a narcissist is a person who has an excessive sense of how important they are. They demand and expect to be admired and praised by others and are limited in the capacity to appreciate others' perspectives. And guess what? Not all narcissists are made equal. Yes, that's true. Narcissism is a character trait that exists on a spectrum. A small amount of narcissism is healthy, and a person with an unhealthy level of narcissism may be called a narcissist. At extreme levels, it may be diagnosed as narcissistic personality disorder. However, for the purposes of this podcast, a narcissist is a person who exhibits narcissistic traits. And or a consistent pattern of maladaptive narcissistic behaviors, regardless of whether they meet the diagnostic criterion in the latest version of the DSM manual or have a formal diagnosis. So a person may be referred to as a narcissist on this podcast, even if it is more likely they have another cluster B personality disorder, such as borderline histrionic or antisocial personality disorder. So as long as they exhibit narcissistic traits or behaviors. And now with all of that out of the way, let me tell you that we have a narcissist abuse survivor named Sonny on this episode. But before we get to that interview, I just want to thank everyone for listening to the show and emailing me all those nice things you've been emailing me. So it means a lot to me doing the show is being quite the blessing. So thanks to all of you out there for sending me nice notes. And if you haven't left us a review yet, uh, on whatever podcast service you use, if it's Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, CastBox, et cetera, et cetera, leave us a five-star review. It helps out the show a lot. And, you know, say some nice things about us on there too. Also, if you want to be on the show, you can always reach out at NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com. Just drop us a line and we'll start communicating with you. We'll do like a back and forth, some interviewing uh, we have a, a longer vetting process these days. Uh, so if you, if, you want, also, if you want to read a letter uh, to your narcissist uh, on our show, we have a voicemail recorder on our website. To record, go to NarcissistApocalypse.com. It's on the right side of the page, and it's always floating around. It's hard to miss. We're accumulating these letters to have a volume two of our letters to a narcissist episode. And because we don't have enough of these yet, uh, I can't hang out with Melissa However, there's a second part to that soon. uh, We're we're recording a special pop culture episode next weekend. It will be a watch-along episode. What does that mean? At first, we're going to watch the movie uh, Forest. We were going to watch the movie The Notebook. But what happened was Netflix took it actually down today. So we started to realize what else is out there that we can discuss that has to do with narcissism. And we came up with Forrest Gump, and we're going to discuss the relationship between Forrest and Jenny. Will we be pro-Jenny or anti-Jenny? Who knows? But one thing we do know that we we will both agree on is Forrest Gump really got the short end of the stick on that one. What else is going on? Well, we started to build our new website. And, well, I guess the ground is going to be unearthed on, on Tuesday of our building. And part of that site will have a fully niche directory for PhD psychologists and psychiatrists, social workers who have a, a masters of social work, uh, licensed therapists who have gone through narcissistic abuse themselves, uh, lawyers and mediators with experience in this field, uh, everyone who has experience with relationship and childhood narcissistic abuse. Uh, in, you know, in my experience, when going through Psychology Today or Good Therapy Directory. Uh, to find help for many of you out there. It, it really wasn't easy to weed through all the profiles to try and find the right therapists or, or lawyers or mediators that you need. So uh, we decided here that the best thing to do is to create our own directory to make it easier for everyone to find the help they need and hopefully will be a place that can, facil- can facilitate everything like that for you. So if you're professional, like one of the ones I have mentioned already, and you're a listener to the show, and you want to be one of the first people on the on the directory, shoot me an email at NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com, and we can discuss that further. Uh, another thing that we're going to be doing soon is fundraising. Sometimes we have folks on this show that need extra help in their healing process and need proper trauma therapy, but can't afford it. Uh, So we want to help everyone uh, once our site is built. So we'll be able to fully focus on getting that started as well once everything is built. And I'm pretty excited about that little venture. And besides that, socially, I chit-chatted and got to know a couple of you out there this week. So a big shout out to them. And also... A big shout-out to Elizabeth, who was once on our show, just for being you this week, and you know why. So a big shout-out to Elizabeth, and I'm sending you a big virtual hug. And now, I am going to get out of my own way. Here is my interview with Sunny, and I'll check back with you all when it's over. And we are here today with Sunny. Thank you for coming on the show today, Sunny.
0: Hi, glad to be here.
1: So now I am just going to get out of your way and I'm going to give you the floor to tell your story. And thank you once again for being on the show.
0: Okay. So, um, I met these two guys a a few years ago, uh, about four now. Um, I met them through, um, a friend of mine that I met in college and he introduced me to, um, the first, the first guy, uh, his name. We to call him Andrew because it gets a little confusing if you don't have names. Yeah, so
1: what were you, what are uh, we so, gonna call
0: yeah. him? Uh, we're gonna call him. We'll call him Andy.
1: Like, Andy, okay.
0: Kinda, yeah, because he doesn't like that name, so <laughs> feels good. Uh, so yeah, Andy, and he had this friend. Um, well, oh, you know, I'm just. Is, is it okay? It's a really common name. Is it, is it okay if I like use his real name? Um.
1: <laughs> just try and come up with something real. Like let's call him Phil.
0: Bill. Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. Bill's actually a really good yeah.
1: Bill? Okay. Bill. I like
0: that one. we we'll, yeah, we'll call him Bill okay. or William. How about
1: that? <laughs> uh which one do you like? William so <laughs> do you like? William?
0: <laughs> William, yeah. Okay, I think okay. the formal name yes. Yeah. yeah. All formal right. name. Um so yeah, yeah. Andy and uh William. Um, and he, they were really good friends for a really long time. And so I met Andy first and then he introduced, uh, William to, um, to me and a couple other people that I was also friends with. And, um, you know, we all kind of got along right away. Like, um, you know, we would hang out, you know, it's just smoke weed cause that's what we do out here in California. And, um, then, you know, we'd go out to bars cause I was 21 finally. So, um you know, we, we just hang out, and I got to know them really well, um, and then uh, eventually, like, with Andy, things kind of turned into, like, a more, um, you know, sexual relationship. We were kind of just hanging out, I guess, what you would call friends with benefits. Like, I wasn't really interested in, like, really, like, dating anybody, but, you know, it was kind of fun, and there was a lot of just, like, drama that came up with it, and um, for a really long time before I met them, like, I didn't really go out of my house a lot. I didn't have a lot of, like, friends. Like, my friends were starting to move away and stuff. And so I was just more focused on school than I met these people. And so it was like, oh, my God, I leave my house, and now I have drama. <laughs> and um, so they, I would hang out with him a lot, and it just was just always, like, a bad feeling, like, the whole time. Like, you know, I just felt heavy and sad and depressed, and um, we, he'd argue with me a lot, and, you know, a lot of just, like, typical abuse tactics, gaslighting and stuff like that, and, um, you know, so I just felt so so confused, and then he would stop talking to me, and I didn't talk to him for a really long time, and that kind of happens intermittently, um, which is we don't talk for a long time, and then all of a sudden he pops up out of nowhere and hoovers me back in, um, so in the time that I get to know Andy, um, I also get to know William, and, you know, I, I, I end up really liking William, and um, that made Andy really jealous, and um, he stopped talking to me because of that, so it was, oh, it's just so frustrating, sorry, I'm just, like, reliving every, like, moment now, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is just a lot of um, just, tension and like just static. Like that's kinda how it feels. Just like a bunch of just like static that just like drives you up a wall. Um so I I get to know I just I start like having all of these really interesting, just really intense feelings for William and I'm like, you know, always talking to him, like really hoping that he'll text me, call me and um just like, it was always just so off and on, like hot and cold. And, um, I didn't understand it. And I thought, Oh, maybe he's just busy. Maybe he just like, you know, has other things to do. And I was like, I, I'm not, um, I'm not entitled to anybody's time, you know? And so eventually I I got baldy and, um, I, I just said, hey, like, I really, like, kind of like you, and I would be really interested in, like, you know, hanging out more and stuff. And, um, oh, my gosh, I'm totally, like, flailing here. I'm so sorry. I don't
1: know. <laughs> Take your time. Take your time.
0: Because, like, I mean, I did forget, like, an important part. Um, so just to back up. Um, okay. When, when Andy found out that I did like his friend. Um he got like I said, really upset, and he tells me that um, that William will, will will hit me, that he will hurt me that he will abuse me and Uh, I didn't really know what to feel and believe because with Andy, it was constantly like, you know, I was being manipulated constantly. Like he was, he's really good at manipulating people. Um, he's very quiet about it. And I remember one time I actually like, when I found out about what gaslighting was, it was because of just an argument that we had gotten into. And I felt so like confused that I was, I was quote unquote lying a lot to him, um, and I was always being accused of a liar and I was like, What? Like this doesn't make any sense and so I I just looked up some YouTube videos and I thought I found some that were about gaslighting and I was like, Oh my god, this makes so much sense And um, you know, so I wasn't too sure if I could believe what he was saying. Um, you know, like is this another manipulation tactic on his part? Like You know, and I felt like because our arguments were always so long and drawn out, I was just ran in circles and and just ran into the ground. So,
1: so just for um, for for one for for one second, I interrupt for everyone listening. If they didn't uh, understand anything that was uh, just said, (laughs) because we went back in the story, uh, Andy, who is the original uh, person you were talking about, is a gaslighter uh, is, uh, is not the most mature person here in a relationship. And he's now told a story about the actual person that you do like, who is William. And he's told you that he is actually, uh, uh, physically abuses women and you don't know whether to believe him. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Got it. Okay.
0: Thank you. (laughs) Sorry. Um, so I was, again like just super confused and unsure and he was telling me that I needed to he's like, Well if you wanna like continue like hanging out and you know, we didn't we weren't like in an actual relationship. So he's like, But if you want to keep doing this, like don't talk to him, you should block his number. And I did for a couple weeks. And um then I was like, what am I doing? Why am I why am I listening to this person? Like this is this isn't okay. So I did end up, um, I did end up blocking his number, unblocking his number. Um, and I, you know, just, I started talking to William again. And, um, so I, and at that time I had stopped talking to Andy, um, completely and, I uh, had no intention of ever really talking to him again. Um, and, so then, it, it, it was almost about a year uh, before I finally then get like I said something to William like, "Hey, I like you," um, and so it, it it started to move really fast. Like when I finally did say something, and um, at first he said that he wasn't interested in like a committed relationship or anything like that, and. Um, I really didn't know what I was interested in either. I just really wanted to get to know this person on a different level, um, which is really important to the story. We'll um, go later. So I, I realized, like, again, like, it's moving really fast. And one day we're talking, and I mentioned something kind of about, like, something that happened with me and Andy that, you know, it was kind of like, I don't talk to him or kind of like why I don't talk to him anymore or something. Like I thought, you know, like they, and to add context, like these two guys have known each other for a really long time. They have uh, met when they were 11, they're now uh, 27. So, uh, you know, they are longtime friends. Um, and, uh, so I thought, you know, like, it was weird that they weren't really talking at all. Like they hadn't talked in probably about a year at this point also. And, um, uh, he, he gets really upset because then he asked me if I had, you know, like, you know, a sexual relationship with him. And I like, why was, I had no reason to lie. Um, you know, and I was just like, yeah, I did. And, um, and that's when all of the abuse started and it was horrible with constant arguments, um, it was constant, like I'm going to break up with you. Um, you know, and then going back on his word or like, I'd be like, okay, that's fine. I'm not going to keep you here if you keep wanting to break up with me. Like, you know, I'm not going to do this to myself. And then I would end up getting manipulated back into the situation and, um, you know, kind of go back into that cycle of like having like maybe a couple good hours, not even like I, he couldn't even give me a couple, a couple of days or even a week of like, you know, decent behavior. Like it was nearly 24 seven, like awful, awful, awful. Um, he was always over at my house. Um, I have a male roommate, um, and who's a really, really good friend of mine, and um, somebody who I absolutely respect. Um, I feel extremely, you know, safe around. Like, you know, I really value this person, and um, that constantly made him jealous. Uh, always, just like, you know, he never was upfront about that because he would always um, kind of um, triangulate the situation with um, Andy, because he's be like, he did this and me did that, and it was like but then there were times where he would bring my roommate into it. And, um, you know, he, that's why he would always like want to stay the night at my house. And, you know, my roommate would get frustrated. And I mean, rightfully so, um, I would too. And I, I would try my best to like, you know, say like, okay, hey, let's stay at your house, like, let's do this. Um, you know, like, let's stay out of the house because, you know, my roommate, you you need his Like, and I'm not going to do that to him. I forget to value this person. And, um, it just made him so jealous. And I remember one time we got into this argument, um, because, uh, my roommate wanted to talk to me about something. It was about my, my boyfriend at the time. Um, and he also was upset that I hadn't done dishes. And, you know, I was like, okay, okay, I am really sorry about that. Like, you know, we had, you know, just, like, in a friendly discussion about, like, you know, hey, you're not holding up your end of the house. Like, hey, you need to do that. And so um, I was like, all right, you know, we'll talk more later. Like, you know. And when I came out of my, uh, out of, like, the hall, my boyfriend was like, why don't you talk to me like that? Like, why can't we have arguments like that? Like, and he was, you know, putting it on me, gaslighting me telling me that like, I was the problem in the relationship. And I was just so, just so floored, so angry. And, um, and to back up a little bit too, there were times where when, um, there there was a, a point where Andy was really jealous of my roommate. My roommate and I were still just like friends at the time. We didn't live together, but he would like, be weird about him too, and so that was like kind of like a red flag for me, um, and just so everybody knows like my relationship only lasted three months, like it was three months of just consistent everyday anger like and rage and argument Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating All the must not take yourself too seriously, and six one since that matters and. What do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So, it just was just like red flag, red flag, red flag. And I felt like I couldn't really, like, Like, I had, like, this armful of red flags that I just, like, kept trying to pick up, and that's why I was so stuck in this relationship in a way that was just, like, constantly throwing things at me that were confusing. Um, But things would get really bad. Like, he would scream at me. He would verbally abuse me. Um, He would—there were times where um, he would tell me that I was a bad girlfriend Um, he called me a slut a few times, um, he, he definitely used the word bitch on me a few times. Um, for his birthday, uh, we went to Vegas and we had a really big blowout fight, um, on the day of his birthday. Um, he followed me around the house the whole time, just like staring at me, um, just like building with anger i remember i woke up and i walked downstairs and uh, his parents owned a house out in vegas and so we that's where we went and i just remember walking down the stairs and i see him drinking a beer at like 11 o'clock in the morning and i just like knew that this was not going to be a good day like this was a fuck day like it's bad and I tried to take a shower, um, and he got mad at me because I was, like, getting ready on my own. And um, I'm a little child, and I can sit in silence for a very long time, and I can, I do things just by myself. So, um, I just was like, I'm not doing anything different. Like, why am I disrupting, like, myself. Like, what what is wrong with me? Like, is there something wrong with me that I can't do this? Like, am I supposed to you know, constantly like, do things with you? So, um,
1: so at, what, at he, what point you're in this relationship for three months in total? Yeah. yeah, so and, Like, and, August until December. And um, at what point, what happened uh, that eventually made you leave it completely?
0: Um, so it was again, that cycle of like, you know, good and bad. And the the constant promises of like, I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better. Like, I'll be better for you. Um, I just, I finally had it. I was, I was tired. Um, you know, I was, I didn't want to, I was scared of him. I mean, I was scared of him. So I just kept thinking about the fact that like I didn't, I had not only myself to worry about, but I did have a roommate who lived with me and I couldn't put either of us in a, you know, an unsafe situation. Um, you know, and when I, and when Andy told me about what kind of person, uh, William was, he also told me that there were times where he would threaten suicide with his girlfriend, but you know, he was going to kill himself if they broke up with him. And so I was also kind of like afraid of that happening. Um, you know, and, it's also really hard to feel kind of like um like innocent or like like I'm not to blame a little bit because like I knew this before, um but like also i sh- i tell myself constantly, like I didn't cause this like you know, I didn't know what to think um
1: so once' so sorry I
0: was having uh, like a moment of <laughs> oh
1: uh so once you were once it's over in, in your process in your mind. Uh, was it like a sense of relief that you had or were you just, were you confused? What, what happened in the aftermath for you?
0: Oh, it was absolutely a sense of relief. Um, I was calling domestic violence, um, like hotlines. I was chatting online. Um, I just want, you know, if there's women right now that are listening and are in abusive relationships or were, um, please utilize the DV hotlines. Like, you know, you can chat online or call and I mean, it, it helped. So much like it just it helped um and so I was you know kind of doing like a little bit of work like on myself before I exited the relationship and so I definitely felt more like relief I felt like I cried um all that I could possibly cry I felt you know as horrible as I possibly could and so um I I remember I called him I didn't I did not break up with him in person. I couldn't do that because I knew what would happen if I did. Um, I called him. I told him that this was um, done. I'm not doing this. He tried to give me, you know, long like monologues about why he's so like traumatized and like his wife is so bad and whatever. Um, And then he actually drove down to my house Like, and I was like you, I did not ask you to come to. I did not ask you to come here. Uh, this is not okay. Please do not come to my door. Um, I will not be okay with that. And like as I was saying that, I was actually going around locking my doors. Uh, my roommate sat in the living room um, as I did this. Like I, you know, he sat there for moral support. Like I was just like freaked out that he was going to do that, especially when he drove down to my house uh, at that point. And so. I, I told him that he needed to get his stuff, and he had a couple things, actually, in my car. I unlocked it. He grabbed him out. I left some stuff on the porch, and he left, and I haven't heard from him since. He, um, the last thing that he said to me was, do you hate me? And I don't. Um, and, I, and I genuinely was like, no, I don't hate you. Um, I don't believe that I have to forgive him, but um, I, I don't hate him. And, you know, that was, that was definitely kind of like a really freeing moment. And I think because I had done that work um, before exiting the relationship that I was able to, like, safely, or not safely, but, um, you know, just come to that, to that moment and be able to genuinely say that in the moment. Like, I still have moments where I'm angry and I'm mad at him, um, but I never, I never hate him.
1: I have a question for you. And it's something you brought up before, um, we turned the recorder on and that was something Mm -hmm. you said about, um, that maybe, you know, why you found yourself in this situation, uh, to begin with that this situation might have been, you were drawn to the situation possibly based upon how you were raised. Yeah. So can you explain, can you explain that uh, to me and let's, uh, let's talk about your childhood. (laughs)
0: Yeah, no, I definitely do want to dive into that. because yeah. um, it's yeah, it definitely ties really well back into this whole thing. Um so I um I grew up in a household in a in a broken home, um like, technically. Um so my mom, uh, she had me when she was uh seventeen. Um she did it all on her own. Um my grand my grandparents are very, very narcissistic, um and My dad was a drug addict. He um, would steal cars. And so he kind of just left my life. And the best thing that my mom ever did for me um, was tell my dad that he was not allowed to see me. Um, And he was abusive. He would um, physically abuse my mom. Um, My grandpa uh, can be very uh, physically abusive. He wasn't um, abusive physically with my grandmother, but he was with um, the kids he was with me and my cousins. And um, again, some context uh, I grew up in, I was, like I said, I was an only child, but I grew up in a household where I was watched over with my cousins a lot. So we kind of formed more of a um, like sisterly bond. We're all girls. And we all started to kind of align ourselves like to like, just according to our birth order. And also I can see where, Um, I was sometimes the golden child. My cousin was sometimes the golden child. Like we had that kind of dynamic because we were always so um, put together with each other. So um, I, my aunt, uh, my, one of my cousin's moms, um, she was in a relationship with someone who was very abusive. Um, I mean, extremely physically abusive. Um, My uncle, he was abusive with us too, um, me and my cousins. Um, he dislocated one of my cousins' arms one time, and that wasn't his daughter. Um, he was horrible, a horrible, horrible person, and was so angry all the time and, and would yell. And um, what's so crazy, Chad, is that um, sometimes when uh, William would get so angry and scream and yell at me, he sounded exactly like my uncle, like exactly like same cadence in his voice, the same, like just tone and everything. It was like, it was, it was insane how like it was my uncle. And, um, I mean, pretty much every woman in my family has been physically abused. Um, my grandpa, uh, when I was on this, uh, I went on a trip with him, and uh, we were out visiting uh, my uncle, um, my mom's uh, oldest brother, uh, and he is also physically abusive with um, his wife and the women that he dates um, and his children. Um, and I, I remember there was this one day where uh, we were all getting ready for bed, and um, my grandpa was showing me something on a map. And uh, my little cousin, um, my uncle, has two young kids. Um, and she comes up and she's just being a seven year old, kind of, you know, poking at the map, talking to us. Um, and my grandpa gets really mad and smacks her hand and, like, tells her to, like, get away. And I had all of these emotions come kind of rushing up. And I got really really scared really really sad really really angry and i yelled at him and i told him that he cannot put his hands on her like that i'm like it is not okay that it just do not do that and of course like you know he got mad at me told me that i you know shouldn't disrespect him kind of thing and it was it was just so frustrating but i was like oh my gosh, these subtle acts of violence, um, like that occurred in my life growing up, like taught me it was okay. And I didn't even realize that there were times where I was being physically abused, um, by William. Like it was, um, you know, very, again, very subtle, very subtle acts of violence. Um, there was one time that he pushed me down and um, he kind of, like, pinned me there for the moment, and he's very strong. He um, was very athletic, so he worked out. Um, so he had a lot of strength, and um, he would push me sometimes if, like, he didn't want me to come near him. Like, if I came up and hugged him, he'd push me away. Um, he, he hit me with a door during that fight, um, that really big argument that we had. Um, he, I tried to come back in the house to get my stuff because he told me I had to leave and I had to go home. Well, luckily I drove there, and I should have just left. I should have just left him there, but I, I didn't. And I kind of regret that, but also I'm not trying to regret anything. Um, and I walk back in the house, and I see him hesitate. And I see him look at me, and I'm like, what is he going to do? And he kind of, he doesn't do it hard, but he pushes the door, and it hits me. And I'm like, I can't believe that he just did that. He, and then he did it a second time. He, like, he did it, like, twice in a row. Like, as I, like, tried to walk back in, he, like, hit me with the door again. And I was absolutely afraid of him from then on. Absolutely afraid. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I'm I'm falling into the same patterns that my, that the women in my family have, my female role models have. And, you know, I'm starting to, um, date the men in my life.
1: So so <laughs> where are your cousins in all of this? And where are they now? Um, did you discuss uh, any of this with them? And are they falling into the same traps that you did and their parents did?
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Not to answer that real quick, but yeah, absolutely. Um, so um, I'm the oldest um, and um, I I have a cousin who's a year younger than me, um, and she grew up as an only child as well. So her and I were really close. Um, and She moved to Oklahoma when we were kids, um, so she lives in a different state than I do, um, and she hasn't been back since. She'll come back for uh, summers and stuff. She'll visit periodically here and there, much less now that we're older. Um, but she definitely um, is uh having problems. Um I would definitely say she's the runner of the family. Um, if I had to put a term to it. I kind of was like reading a little bit about like there's the runner, the rebel, like after like kind of I guess it's who you turn into after the abuse when you're older. Mm-hmm. Um like the dysfunctional I, family the rebels. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I'm I'm the rebel. Like I I've always been the first one to be like you suck. Uh <laughs> But, yeah, my cousin, she's definitely got a long way to go. and her and her mom is um, very, very narcissistic and and has caused a lot of problems for me um, also. so i can I can see why she's in that position. Um, my I have a cousin who's two years younger, um, and she's a wonderful person. She lives out in Texas now. Um, she's still about here and yeah, she ended up in a pretty gnarly relationship. She she had a guy pull the the suicide card on her. Mm -hmm. Um, she now has a boyfriend who's a really wonderful person. I absolutely, um, am so happy for her. Uh, they came to visit, uh, shortly, actually like right when I started dating, um, my ex and, uh, I had a really good time with them and it was my first time meeting her boyfriend and I was. I was like, wow, this is awesome. Like she's, you know, she's got, got some work to do too. She's, she's, um, I say she's angry. <laughs> she's definitely angry and she's definitely the rebel like I am.
1: But you guys um, are all open about what happened and you talk about it and how oh, screwed up oh, it was yeah. and you're a good support oh, group absolutely. for each other. Okay. That's good.
0: Yeah. And I, and I do have actually one more cousin side. There's four of us and there was uh, she's five years younger than me. So she's definitely like, it's harder to get to her sometimes. And I I don't think she's like ready to see it because, um, my cousin who's two years younger, that's her older sister. Um, and their dad was the one who was extremely abusive. Um, and he still, you know, obviously continues to be. And so, um, I know she's pretty traumatized in that respect and, um, it, it is hard to talk to her. It is. And I wish I could, cause I feel for her. There was this one time when we were kids, my grandpa um, was really angry with us and he was, he hit us, he picked up my cousin, kind of threw it to the ground. Um, it caused, it was, it was really traumatizing. And, um, you know, I, I called her one day crying about it. And I was like, you know, B, I'm like, I, I, I'm so sorry. I don't know if you remember this and I don't mean to bring up bad memories. I'm like, but it hurt. Like, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I, I, I tried to protect you. I tried, I tried. And, you know, it, it hurts. Like, you know, knowing that that was something that happened to us. And so, yeah, it's, yeah, it causes some, some difficulties in life, but we're all pretty cool.
1: What's your relationship like with uh, all the older
0: uh, people in your family? Um, okay. So my grandpa and I actually, we live together. He's, um, he kind of moves around a lot. So right now he's staying with me and my roommate. Um, we live in his house actually.
1: Oh, so Um, you actually live with your grandfather?
0: I do. Yes. I I try to to explain
1: this. Tell me like, how does this work? Okay.
0: (laughs) It doesn't, I mean, it's hard. It's really difficult for both of us. I mean, um, my, my roommate kind of like, has always had older people in his life. So he kind of knows how to put up with like people, you know, older people and their like stubbornness. Um, and my, yeah, my grandpa just has no sense of boundaries. <laughs> um, he just doesn't care at all about anything. And he, uh, he starts arguments with me. He yells at me. He will, he will call me names occasionally. He will, I mean, it's, it's really hard. And it's, you know, cause right now I'm not in a position where I can, um, get out. I, I am a little bit reliant and I am thankful for the help, but also it gets thrown in my face a lot. And so, um, you know, I've been working on how I respond because that's what I can control. Um, it's, so it is tough because, um, we're also selling the house. We're in the middle of selling this house, which actually is a very wonderful thing. And I'm very excited to be selling this house because everything, um, every bit of abuse has happened under this roof. um, I mean, I walk by this spot where, you know, this incident with my grandpa and my cousin happened, like, you know, I'm, I sleep in the same, I mean, I, this was the first house that I ever lived in. And so it's really free. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, so that's what, that's what's keeping me going. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I didn't see this part of the story. Uh, I did not see this going this way at all. So you, uh, selling, selling that house, you like when you get out of that house, do you think you'll be able, like... Because it sounds already like you know what's going on. You're able to deal with everything. You're able to keep, you know, this person at bay, even though they do affect your life in kind of, you know, uh, a negative way. Uh, but you're mm-hmm. still dealing with them. And like I thought you were going to say that maybe your grandfather passed away. I did not expect this. Um, yeah, uh, I so, he was
0: very much
1: alive. <laughs> so, so when you uh, are able, once you're, you're out of that, um, you know, do do you think you've done healing yet? Or is that when you're going to be able to really do some sort of healing process and be able to move on with your life? Do you think you're stagnant right now in any sort of
0: way? Um, I think I'm stagnant, but not in a bad way. I think more, I'm kind of like, I like to think of it as like a, um, like and in between, like, I'm, I'm deciding, you know, where to go. I'm saving money. Um, I'm, you know, kind of, like, throwing old things away. I'm taking this opportunity to, like, take stock and, you know, really figure out what I, you know, find myself a little bit in it all. Um, you know, I started a new job uh, recently. I was actually unemployed through um, all of the relationship. I uh, started working back in May. Um, I was unemployed from August to May. Um, and so I have some time to like, um, unwind a little bit and like be by myself and lay in bed for days on end. Um, so I feel like when, once I'm free of this situation, um, it, I'm just going to feel a lot more relief.
1: And where's your uh, mom?
0: Yeah. Um, so my mom, she's like two miles from my house. Uh, she, I used to live with her and she actually did kick me out at one point. Um, and that's when I moved back here with my grandpa. Um, and it's, it's a tough relationship. It's, it's hard sometimes because she definitely, um, I actually made notes about this. Um, she, it's hard to get sympathy out of her sometimes. She has not really been present through my healing process. Um, like she's been there in some ways, but also like, when I try to talk to her about what happened with, um, with my, with my ex-boyfriend, like, you know, I of course wanted to tell her pretty much everything because, you know, like I said, it was physically abusive, it was emotionally abusive, and it was also sexually abusive. And, um, you know, that was, that was such a hard, hard thing to like, really like deal with and move on from. And, um, I would try to talk to her about it and I would get shut out. And, um, it was, it's so hard to like, not have that ability to like talk to my mom about this thing. And I think it has something to do with the fact that it means that she has to unpack her own trauma that she's not ready to unpack.
1: You're, you're a smart cookie. Uh, <laughs> you, you really are. Thank you're you. you're, 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 I you're smart. That. I mean, yeah. you know, you're very good. A lot, you know, a lot of people would like, uh, including me, you get, ang- you get angry at a lot of things and you're only, uh, you're you are you empathize very well with what everyone else is going through and mm-hmm. um i think that's like it's a blessing and probably a curse for you i'm going to assume uh, oh
0: absolutely yeah i can just walk into a house and know like what kind of mood um somebody is in. Like I can just feel their energies. And um I'm really good at just listening and picking up on context clues. Like, um I I used to have this coworker who um he was he was a drinker and um, you know, just kind of like just, just not an okay guy and he needed just some help and um, I, there were just certain stories here and there and I was like, oh, it makes sense. And then I would have like other coworkers, like, you know, that were like, oh, he's like, he drinks and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, he probably shouldn't be drinking on the job, but also like, ask yourself, like what kind of trauma is causing this? Like, I've also been a receptionist for a very long time. And I just, people who get angry and yell at me, like, I always know that they're mad about something else, but this is who they can yell at, you know? Um, you know, so it's just like, I try to, I try to put pieces together as best as I possibly can and not make a judgment call, but just make an understanding, just kind of, I don't like in a weird way to like put myself at someone's level, but also not, not stoop to the level. like just understand it.
1: Uh, what kind of work do you want to get into
0: you know that's really hard um i i've been thinking about a lot of different things because um you know i really like um i really like talking to people and i would definitely love to like help other domestic violence survivors um and just talk to them about their stories and hear them out um you know i i love cats <laughs> And I actually started fostering some cats a couple months back. Um, they like little tiny, like baby kittens, and I, you know, nursed them back to health and, uh, or not health, back to health, but I just, you know, nursed them and uh, taught them how to be cats. And it's a lot of fun, and I've done it plenty of times before. Um, it's not the first time I've done this, and so, um, you know, just taking care of something is—it's really rewarding, especially an animal that's not going to. Um, take advantage of you. Um, That's interesting. You know, That's and-
1: interesting. An animal's not, an animal's not going to take advantage of you. I'm listening to you and I, and, you know, I'm not a professional at all, but in my opinion, mm-hmm. I mean, you should be working with people. I mean, the, your ability to empathize with people of, of all different, uh, you know, mental abilities and uh, no matter how they act towards you, you sound like you're calm. Um, yeah, all you know, all, I had
0: to be,
1: yeah, like all different types. Uh, you know, whatever you choose, what type of uh background you want to go into, if it's an addiction type uh counseling or uh regular counseling or domestic violence, I mean, you sound like you'd be really excellent at whatever you do in, in that capacity because it's something that um, it comes seems like it comes natural to you and that you have a genuine interest in um people.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm very interested in people's stories. I mean, I've, um, I've taken lots of, uh, writing workshop classes, um, in the past, just in college and, um, you know, just writing stories. Um, and I, I I do pull a lot from real life, like, um, you know, just things that people tell me about themselves. And I, I started creating characters a lot. I would do a lot of like online role play and it was, um, you know, just kind of like a partner based thing. And okay, I would hold say, on, hold on one second. Cause...
1: You have to just explain this to me and everyone else out there okay. who doesn't know <laughs> online role play. Go okay. tell me yeah. everything.
0: Yeah.
1: This conversation um, okay. has gone in a way that I did not imagine that at one point we're going to be talking about online role play. I have to know everything. But... <laughs> okay. I know. No.
0: And see, I'm the same way. So I get it. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna so it um it's usually forum based websites like um J C I Inc or J C I N K. Um and like I think the other one was like Envision, there was Pro Boards for a while. And um I started doing this when I was thirteen um because I was totally emo and I was big my chemical <laughs> romance fan. And so <laughs> Gerard way. I mean, have to bring this up. So do, um, so do
1: yeah. you watch the Umbrella Academy?
0: You know, I haven't actually. Oh, because he, he wrote the comic. I, I, I'm, I'm such a nerd. I have like a signed copy of the comic. Like,
1: <laughs> do you know what? I do I'm too. <gasps> oh my god! But I'm not a My Chemical cool. Romance fan. I'm actually just a comic book fan. And I did. Oh. He's not the one that was the one that uh, autographed it for me. It was the other person that wrote it with him. I think who did the drawings.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's oh a Brazilian that's guy, so cool, I think. Though. I'm sorry.
1: I think he's a Brazilian guy. The guy that did the drawings for him.
0: Oh yes, I yeah. I think it's like something with his name's like Gabriel or Gabrielle. Yeah, yeah,
1: or yeah, it's Gabrielle something. Oh, that's uh, so cool. Anyway, for everyone else out there, I hope you enjoy his nerding out right now. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> I love
1: it. Um, keep on going. Yes.
0: Yeah. So, um, I had a friend that introduced it to me and cause I had a lot of online friends and just being on the internet at 13, this is 2007, you know? And, um, I got really into it because I could create like countless characters and do, you know, have so many different personas and, um, and I thought for a while, um, but yeah. And then I picked it up again and it changed over the time, but you basically just create a bunch of characters and you meet other people, um, on the internet and you, you know, talk about plot lines and, um, like the best way that I can explain it to somebody is kind of how grave Anatomy works. Like that, if that makes sense, like it's, there's lots of characters that come in and out. There's such like dramatic storylines that just get thrown out of nowhere, but it's fun. And it's a great way to like, just disconnect from myself, but also still engage with the real world because every character that I've ever created has been somebody that I know. Um, Their stories are usually something I'm kind of familiar with. Um, If I, if not, I Google it Um, and I learn about different things. And so it's, um. Yeah. Why was, why was I talking about this? I don't. I, I
1: was about to say. How did we get? How did, how did we get onto the role play to begin with? I completely oh, forgot. Gosh. I'll only yeah. remember when oh I God. when I listen to this podcast uh, before. I know, when right? I do editing of some sort, uh, I'll, I'll be like, Ah, oh, that's what we were talking about. But everyone else who's probably they yeah. probably lost track too. But um,
0: oh my gosh!
1: Anyway, that's role play. Let's get back to uh, your story and your narcissism. Okay. Where are are you and what's happening next?
0: Well, um, like I said, I'm selling the house, or my grandpa, he's selling his house. Um, So I'm trying to figure out what my next move is, um, you know, in regards to my living situation. Um, So, you know, I really do want to kind of branch out and just finally do things on my own um, you know, not have to rely on my grandpa my you know, my grandpa, my mom, um, you know, like I can I've been able to take care of myself. It's um it's mostly that they they ask or they kind of give me things here and then I don't really ask for it and then I end up feeling bad about it like I do, like like I'm forever indebted to them. Um and so I just want to get to a point in my life where I don't have to do that, where I can like sustain myself financially. Like I'm really working towards that. So um, yeah, Th- things are just being held over
1: sense. your head, correct?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like you know, just like oh, see so yes, if I help you. You know, it's always like a guilt trip like that. And I'm like, ah, it's like I'm tired of feeling guilt. Like it's a big, a big emotion that I've always felt—just guilt. Like you know, in my relationship with both of those other people, like you know, um, with Andy and William, it was guilt. Like I felt guilty. Like I did something bad, and I was like, this isn't like how is this normal? Like. You know, my roommate doesn't make me feel bad about myself, like, and even when we do have a disagreement, like, we can, like, be civil about it, and it just, we have a talk, and it lasts 15 minutes, it's not several hours, um, you know, so it's like, I'm like, why am I guilty, why do I feel guilty, what did I do? So I always feel like, you know, I just, I'm ready to not feel bad anymore. Um, and I'm working on like, you know, letting it go and telling myself like, you're okay. You know, they, they just want to be angry, you know, and they're going to treat you badly for it.
1: Uh, I have a question about your roommate, um, who we, we yeah. will, we will call Barry.
0: We can call him. Uh, um, Barry. <laughs> oh my gosh!
1: <laughs> so, uh, Barry, has Barry helped you be a better communicator? Cause Barry is a good oh, communicator.
0: Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, Um, He's very relaxed. He's very, like, quiet. Um, We kind of have, like, a similar upbringing in that we were both only children. Um, So, you know, we can be very quiet (laughs) at times. Um, And so we get along really well. Um, And... I'm sorry. What was the question? <laughs> oh,
1: we were talking about Barry, who is your wonderful roommate, who has helped you. I assume at one point you probably were you a, at one point were you a bad communicator and help? It's Barry helped you become a better communicator.
0: Um, I think. Um, honestly, like I I didn't like the way that my mom communicated things with me, and I when I, we first moved in with each other, um, I just I knew how I could possibly how my how my how I could be. And I didn't want to be mean. I didn't want to be a horrible person to him because my mom would do things like put the dishes in my room if I didn't clean them or, you know, she would, she was just passive aggressive. And I didn't want to do, do things like that to him. And so I, it wasn't necessarily like I had to learn to communicate better. I just said, I'm going to make this conscious decision that I'm going to be a decent human being, you know, for this person. Just, for the sake of communicating. And so, um, you know, we've definitely had our hiccups they always say, you know, the first year is always hardest. So, you know, just kind of learning certain things about each other. But um I when I would feel myself getting really like worked up or really angry, um I and like thoughts like my what my mom would say in these situations would run through my head and I'd be like, no, no, no. I can I'm I cannot like do that or I cannot, you know, outwardly react like that. And um, I always tell people when I talk about like um feelings, it's that you you should never you're entitled to feel what you feel. It's what you do with it out in the world that says a lot more. So it's okay to be mad and it's okay to be, you know, feel you know, feel like you want to do something petty, but you don't act on those feelings. And um, you know, so I, I just kind of always try to remember that. And so um, you know, and like I said, he's just easy to talk to. Um and he listens. He's a really good listener. That's just what it is. To be. He's a really good listener. It's um he grew up with a mom who kind of put all her needs on him. Um and so I think that that's why we kind of understand each other really well too, because my mom put all her needs on me. It was like I and and her sister. Like her sister and her were like I was like I just listened to them all the time. Like cry about men or cry about like work or, you know, like I became like almost a friend to them. Um, not necessarily like their niece or their daughter. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we get each other, we get each other there. And he was, he was really the, like, I think you asked me earlier, what was the moment where I was like, I have to get out of this relationship. And it was when um, Barry and I, when he said, when you get back after, uh, sorry, just trying to like put this all together. So, um, after that argument that, um, I had with William about Barry, um, you know, why don't you talk to me like that? Uh, I came home, sat down with Barry and I was like, uh, you know, like, what, what else did you want to talk about? And he says, you know, I'm really concerned about this situation. Like, are you okay? Like he's like, I, you know, it's, I want you to get out of this before something really traumatizing could happen. And it was, it was so validating to hear that from him because I was like, he sees it. He sees what I'm seeing. Like, Oh my God, finally, like, I'm not, I'm not alone, you know? And um, I was like, you're right. I'm like, "I, I do. And I'm like, I need a plan. Like, and that was like when I really started planning, like I moved into what they call the contemplation stage Um, and I was like, okay, I need to protect myself. Like, how am I going to break up with this person safely? Um, you know, because when I would talk to my mom about this, she would, she'd be like, well, are you, are you sure? Like, are you sure that you're not just perceiving some danger that isn't there? And I'm like, no, I am afraid. And I also want all you women out there to know that if you feel like you are in like physical danger and you're unsafe, get out as soon as you possibly can. You need to stay, like you need to stay safe. Um because we naturally have an intuition to tell us that you know we need to leave and we need to listen to that. Um and so it, it was it was bad advice on my mom's part. Like, you know, and so it was it was just so finally validating to hear somebody say, We need to get out. We need to stay safe. He was, you know, the first person that I told about the door um you know he's he pretty I mean he was the experience too he would hear me on the phone arguing with him like he you know heard me crying so many times he's like he just sounded so sad like I'm sorry <laughs> but he was like he just sounds so sad like I'm like damn it he's right like ah he knows me too well like I feel so exposed like when we talk I'm like ah, you're not supposed to see me like that Ugh. but also damn it right (laughs) like it's you know it's it's validating but it's also painful and um you know we um the other day I I had a really like last week was kind of a rough week for me um because I, I just kept thinking about these like things that happened with William and um I remembered like just thinking about how I would wake up in the morning and um I just knew it was going to be a bad day, and I could feel like this heavy presence and this like just and just this dread, this just horrible, horrible dread. And I was I was making a peanut butter like slice of toast. It wasn't even toasted. It was just bread with peanut butter, and I was like trying to like finish it. And I was just like, Oh, oh my god, I don't have to feel that anymore. And I was just like, I was in so much pain in that moment, but I was just like, What do I do? How do I get this out? And I'm just like, Wow. And I was like, I'm just going to emotionally vomit, at, vomit out. Like, that's all I have to do right now. And I just, blah, just made all these, like, weird noises. And um, <laughs> <laughs> it's something that I've kind of, like, learned um, over the years of being really good friends with Barry. That, like, we just do that when we're just, like, so overwhelmed with what's going on in the moment. We're like, ah! And um, I I started doing air kicks around the house, like, when I get really mad because, you know, realtors are annoying and they like to schedule things um, and showings when you're, like, trying to relax. And it happened this weekend where it was just, like, all these, like, scheduling, like, showings. And we were just frustrated. We're like, ah! And I was just running around the house, just air kicks. And, like, Barry was doing, like, weird hand motions. And then we went and got pizza, and we came home, and it was fine. Like, we were feeling a little bit better.
1: I just wrote down something on my piece of paper, a <laughs> T-shirt that we need to make. And it's and this oh. is what the T-shirt's going to say. Everyone needs a Barry in their life.
0: <laughs> yes, everybody does need a Barry. Because uh, he, he definitely has set the basis for like you know what I look for in any type of relationship. It does not matter; it can be familial, romantic, or um, you know, a friendship. Like it just it, it sets the basis for me. I'm like, wait a minute, no, they don't meet their standards.
1: I'm giving it, Barry whenever you listen to this. I'm giving a big shout out to Barry. Uh, I'm hopefully he'll find it funny that we called him Barry. Yeah. Uh, I
0: think so too You know actually He <laughs> loves the show Barry I think he can hear me Through the wall right now and I'm pretty sure But um, He loves Barry So he's going to Absolutely love the fact That we call him Barry
1: Okay um, I love Bill Hader he,
0: Yeah Yeah And he's he's just um, and, and a big part of I think What's been super healing For both of us Is that um, While we were While I was in this relationship He was actually In a very tumultuous um, Relationship With somebody Who might also be A cluster B personality um she just completely she was very um, jealous or did a lot of similar things um, you know, not to the same degree that my my boyfriend did, but um she definitely would triangulate she would um, she was there was a lot of love bombing going on and um you know so we broke up with both of them within about a month of each other. Um, and so, you know, we talk about, like, the things that happened and, you know, what was so just, like, what the hell. Um, you know, so not only, you know, just us getting along really well, but also, like, we kind of just have a lot of similar, like, parallel experiences. Um, just, at, just We just happen to be going through something similar at the same time, like, all the time. <laughs> and, um, yeah, like it was, it was good to know, like, I really, like, wasn't alone in that feeling, like, wow, he's going through this, and I mean, I have another really good friend from when I was 13, and he had just broken up with his boyfriend, um, you know, like, at the after a long, just, you know, year and a half of a lot of gaslighting and emotional manipulation and um, control, Um, you know, I, it was, it's really nice to be able to like talk about this with both of them. And like, they understand it. Like they, they know what I'm talking about. They know the feeling. I like, remember my, um, my friend, we'll we'll call him, um, Jesse, uh, Jesse, um, before he broke up with his boyfriend, he was like saying how he would always just like feel so just overwhelmed after, um, he left and, um, he's like, and I just had like, need to call him or talk to him or something. He's like, but also I was just so, like, I was hurting so bad. And I was like, I'm going to stop you right there. I'm like, um, did you have that feeling after you got into an argument, like a really bad argument, and you, like, felt so down about yourself, and you were like, I need something to make me feel better, and you felt like the only thing that was going to make you feel better was that exact person that made you feel that way? And he's like, ah he literally screamed in that moment because I hit it on the nail for him. And it, I mean, that's, that's how trauma bonding works. It's just, that's how you connect is you just hit somebody with a horrible, horrible argument, love bomb them, reel them back in. And, you know, it's, it's, it's painful. I mean, it was so painful. And, you know, I remember like, you know, thinking about him, and thinking about it, and asking Jesse these questions and like just feeling the same thing again. And, you know, just in that moment, we both
1: we both knew what that felt like, and it was um, it was freeing. It was um, healing. Yeah, like uh, when I when I started the show, I didn't realize um, what I was actually doing in the sense where people share their stories. Then when, that when people listen, you know, it's nice to hear everyone that has gone through the same thing because mm-hmm. people who haven't had it happen to them don't really fully understand. Um, the right. emotional damage it does, and just to hear someone that had the exact same thing happen, it makes you feel a lot better because you don't feel as probably dumb uh, or like feel mm-hmm. the shame or the guilt because you are like, oh, you know, just you know, we've been conned. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. I I feel so tricked. I mean, even um, Jesse was actually the first person that um, said this that made it click for me. Was like. He felt so conned, so um you know, so tricked. Like he's like, I feel fooled. He's like, He made me fool be the fool you know, and I was just like, That is so true. Like I feel I feel absolutely tricked because back to what I was saying earlier, like when I didn't know what I wanted out of this, like I was just interested in getting to know this person on a different level. And then all of a sudden I'm talking marriage with this person and children. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. There's so many things that I still want to do with my life. Like I don't even know if children are in my equation. And um, I, I told him that, you know, I'm like, I don't think I really have the emotional, um, capacity, carrying capacity, or, um, you know, I don't think I can do the emotional labor for more than one child. I'm like, I want to be able to give my all, you know, and be able to be, and, you know, to give my attention in the right amount. And he was like, no, we're having more than that. And I was like, why do you get to decide that? Like, why do you get some claim on my body, you know? And um, oh, it was you know, frustrating. And it's just like, no. <laughs> like this is not what I signed up for. I just wanted to enjoy like um our relationship. I just wanted to enjoy you, like getting to know you. And I'm not enjoying this.
1: And these are the types of people that we date. And before we close down our conversation here, what is the wisdom that you would like to impart on others who might be going through the same thing
0: well most of this is for the ladies listen to your intuition believe it believe what you're feeling um you know don't you know listen to the red flags educate yourself on like what those red flags are and what they look like because they're not how you think they do if it's starting to feel like you know it's like a discovery like id situation get out um you know i i think just kind of Learning to to not engage um, with these kinds of people in the sense, like when when you find yourself in a situation with them, like you don't want to give them too much. You just you give them as little as possible. You 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 call gray rocket, and um, you know that way they can't you can't give them any fuel. You can't give them fuel, um, but don't think that it's your fault either not your fault that's a big one it's
1: not your fault all right so uh sunny i want to thank you for being yes. on the show um yes. it was a pleasure uh to barry big shout out to barry love you, um, yeah, love you uh jesse who i was just introduced uh, three minutes ago in this conversation i like jesse too Yeah. and yes. um maybe one day i'll have barry on the show
0: yeah, I mean, if he, I definitely suggested your podcast to him. Um, I was like, he's, I was like, it's really cool. Like, you should listen to it. It's really healing. Um, tell him, like, oh, tell him like, to yeah, hit so. subscribe
1: and then to give me a five star <laughs> rating on iTunes.
0: Okay, I love that. He said he would listen when he found out that you were Canadian. He just ways it like a super Canadian accent. I was like, oh yeah, there's definitely times where I'm like, that is not my accent.
1: <laughs> no, sorry, say that again. And,
0: Oh, it's just like, it's not my accent. Like it does not sound like me. I don't pronounce like certain words like that. So it's definitely like interesting. Like when I listen to you talk, I'm like, wow. Wow. I totally learned a way different pronunciation.
1: Oh, oh, uh, (laughs) do I have a Canadian accent?
0: Oh, definitely.
1: Oh, I do. Do I have
0: a Californian accent?
1: I don't know what that would even sound like.
0: Very strong on out. <laughs> See, I, I, I stress
1: my A's. So sometimes people think that I am not Canadian and that I might be a Floridian. Oh.
0: Oh, oh,
1: interesting. Yeah, it's very confusing for some people. Because I'm from Toronto. <laughs> I don't really consider that Canada because it was a big city. Everyone else, mm. uh, like everywhere else in Canada to me is Canada. If you're small town yeah, Canada, I've been through... you know, that's where you get yeah. the real accents. Oh, yes.
0: Yeah, definitely. I don't hear it all that much, but there's like certain words, like, um, we, I think a lot of people out here learn how to say process. Like we say process, but I hear you say process. I hear a lot of people, different people say process. I'm like, Whoa, that's uh, the I, so, I from say what process. I'm, what
1: I, do, I don't say process. I say process. Oh, what? I, I'm a processor. I
0: heard oh wow. I feel crazy now. <laughs>
1: um, yeah. And I say about, I don't know if that's correct. That's the one everyone gets. Oh
0: no, yeah, I, yeah, I definitely don't hear it in the in everyone's classic stereotype. Uh, what it's
1: about. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, any, so any, anyway, let, let's. Uh, we, both, we both have to go to bed. <laughs> well, actually, I have to go to bed. Yeah. You have like probably a good solid three hours before you have to go to bed. You might watch Stranger Things or something like yeah. that. Um, yeah, but,
0: uh, maybe I'll Umbrella Academy.
1: Uh, There you go. So uh, thank you for uh, being a part of this once again, Sonny. And for everyone else listening, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. And you'll probably hear me give me one last message on the way out. So uh, have a great night, everyone. And that was my conversation with Sonny. It was a winding road with some surprises along the way. And for everyone out there who is Dealing with domestic abuse and you need help right away, please contact these phone numbers depending on what country you're in. If you're in the United States, 1-800-799-7233 is the domestic violence or abuse hotline. In Australia, it is 1-800-RESPECT. That is R-E-S-P-E-C-T. In England, it is 0808-2000-247. And sadly... In Canada, I found out, my home country, there isn't one. And I was shocked and it was disgusted. You can, uh, whatever province you're in, you can call 211 and from there they'll, uh, it's like a social services hotline and they'll connect you eventually to uh, a phone number that you need to get, but we don't have one. And I was in shock. So shame on Canada in, in a huge, huge, huge way. Uh, hopefully, maybe we'll do one of those change.org petitions, because I, I can't believe this this is even a thing. So uh, besides that, I just want to thank Sonny once again for being part of the show. And before I leave, just a reminder to visit our Reddit page. If you want to discuss today's episode, go to reddit.com and look up the subreddit Narcissist Apocalypse with a capital N on the narcissist and a capital A on the apocalypse. Also, Once again, if you want to be on the show, you can always reach out at NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com. Just drop us a line. And if you want to read a letter to your narcissist for our Letter to a Narcissist show, we have a voicemail recorder on our website to record. Go to NarcissistApocalypse.com. It's on the right side of the page, and it's always floating around and hard to miss. We're accumulating these letters for our show for Volume 2. And now that's it. The nap is over. And until next episode...